Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are your hosts. I'm Dean. And I'm Caritas. And Caritas. <laughs> Today we have a guest, Michelle ah. Jackson, everybody. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Uh-huh. It's lovely to be here. Michelle's a longtime friend. Mm-hmm. We've known each other for, well, I don't even want to do the math, but I'm going to say a good 15 years. Mm, a good, a good 15. <laughs> yeah. So I met Michelle at a church that we were both going to. And Michelle, the first time I met you, I saw you singing in the choir. That is true. I yeah. was. But you know the unique thing about you and your voice is that you can sing like all the parts. You can sing alto, tenor, soprano. Very few people have as wide of a range as you. So High praise coming from Dean. But, uh, <laughs> I do enjoy all of the parts, especially tenor. Tenor is the best part. Tenor, there is. right. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you sing tenor very well. In fact, we used to put you in the tenors. Yep. There would be a, a row of guys and then there would be Michelle. The tenorette. <laughs> Tenorette, that's right. <laughs> but then we could also put you in a soprano part, and you could sing that too. So Versatile. Very versatile. Yeah. And you sing harmonies like a songbird, I must say. Can <laughs> well, I be added to your bird collection? <laughs> yeah. There are people who just can sing melody, but Michelle sings harmonies. Oh, yeah, really that's well. a skill. Skill, yeah. yeah. She hears it. I yeah. love harmonies. I have for many years. Mm. Yeah, I remember... Friend, this is back in probably eighth grade, and I would sing harmony standing next to her in chapel, and she'd be like, stop it. I just don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, I can't help it. It just comes out. (laughs) So you just have always known how to sing harmony then? Mm. Yeah, it's kind of just been there. So it's a gift that the Lord deposited, and I just went, ah, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I received. Yeah. (laughs) So Michelle, eighth grade. Mm. Let's go back further than that. More than 15 years, yeah. More than 15. <laughs> so you grew up in a little town called White Rock. I did. And that's a place, for those of our listeners who don't know, it's just a little kind of beach town. That's right. Yeah, right on the very southernmost western point of the mainland. That's right. Yep. <laughs> White Rock is built on a, a really steep hill. Correct. At the very bottom, there's a train track that goes right along the waterfront. Exactly. So Dean's always loved White Rock. I always loved trains. Because of the trains. Yeah. yeah. Of course. So if this place has a train track, I am there. <laughs> yeah. So I've been to White Rock many times. It's one of my favorite places. But yeah. you grew up there, so that's kind of a wow to me. A lovely place to be placed and definitely have wonderful memories of being on the beach as a child and exploring the, the tidal pools right. and mm. digging up clams and taking crabs home, etc. So yeah. Taking crabs home? Oh, yeah. We always had what our little... What would you little, do with them? <laughs> well, we had our little world of sea creatures. Oh, yes. yes. And so back were these in the like day, mini, mini crabs? Mini or, crabs. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Were they alive? Of course, yeah. Oh. We had a world, Dean, a yeah. little sea we in creature the world. Ice cream bucket, and we created our little world, and yeah. Okay. Little I was a tomboy, so All yeah. Right. And sometimes we try to mix them with the little world that we had for the ditch creatures that we would also. Uh, how did um, that go? Well, <laughs> let's make the salt water and the fresh water, <laughs> not so much, but I love tadpoles and things like that as well. So basically, you were into genetic engineering way before it was a thing. <laughs> Oh, yes. Ahead of my time. There you go. (laughs) So tadpoles and crabs and mini crabs and Mm -hmm. creatures from the ditch and ice cream buckets. Yes. Getting the idea. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, yeah. that's yeah. fun. It is. A little biologist in the making there. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and what was it like back then? Because it's gotten very touristy and busy now. You right. go down to White Rock and you can't even find a parking spot middle of the week in the middle of the day. Correct, and you have to pay for parking now. So. Mm-hmm. And the trains go really slow now very, through very slow. because there's so many mm-hmm. people. So what's changed? Have you seen? <laughs> oh, pretty much Everything except the pier, the water. The crabs. The crabs. Well, there's fewer of them now. Oh, are there? Yeah. Anyway, one thing that has really changed, I think, when I was a child and it snowed in our neck of the woods, we would walk down to Oxford Street, which, as you mentioned, is a very Very steep hill. hill. Very, very steep. It needs a different word than steep because it's steeper (laughs) than steep. Yeah. You can barely walk down. You kind of have to lean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So we would go tobogganing down. Oxford. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There were no sidewalks. There were no little medians. Oh, that's was, impressive. There was just blackberry bushes on either side. And then if you had wow. a good enough, you would stop oh when you kind of went up to where the, the railroad track was. So just about at the water, at yeah. the beach. So you'd actually cross... <laughs> Main road of you would cross the main road with your boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't get run over. I guess it was a step of faith. I don't. I mean, well, and there there probably weren't as many cars driving down that strip, Mm -hmm. especially when it snows. And most of them, if you got down there, you couldn't get back up. (laughs) Yeah, most of the cars back then didn't have winter tires in BC because it hardly snowed. And I'm sure the locals knew, like this is the part where the kids come out, so you kind of keep your eyes open. That's right. Yeah, I actually remember once a skier came. I went down. Skiing down Oxford Street. That's, That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You went to school in White Rock? I did, yeah. Little elementary school there. And yeah. so I was there till seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah. And then a big change oh, wow. going into eighth grade because a new school had opened in town called mm. White Rock Christian Academy. My mom ended up being a teacher there. And so my parents wanted my brother and I to go to school there. I, on the other hand, did not want to go. So it, for me, it was kicking and screaming. I wanted to continue on with all my friends to right. what was back then junior high. You weren't happy about it. I wasn't happy. I wasn't cooperating. It was like <laughs> your little aquariums. You took a saltwater creature and tried to put it in the other <laughs> The other bucket. They weren't happy either. I wasn't ready (laughs) at all. (laughs) Correct. What prompted that change? Well, my parents, really. They, I think, felt it was going to be a good idea for me to have a Christian education as well, being part of the church. We had just recently made a transition from a Lutheran church to this charismatic church. Lutheran to charismatic. Yep. That's a big transition. Oh, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Big time. For me, something that I was like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm not too sure about it. I like my old friends at public school. Yet, slowly and surely, I was wooed by the friendships and amazing staff and teachers. Mm. I kind of have a similar story. I mean, I grew up in a little Baptist church, tiny little town. My parents started going into Calgary Mm. for some charismatic meetings. (laughs) Yeah. And before you knew it, same thing. Our whole life was turned upside down by the Holy Spirit, really. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Yeah. And I think though I had a relationship and I understood that I was born again as a young child, I didn't understand the Holy Spirit thing. Mm. I knew that there were people who weren't quite the same spiritually as me, but I didn't know what to pinpoint it upon. But I did discover quite quickly what that was. And I wanted to have what they had. I knew there was something more. So what was your first encounter with the Holy Spirit like? 
Well, you know, I'd been a part of the community enough to know and see that it was a real thing and it was something that wasn't like, right or <laughs> kooky. I do remember very clearly on Halloween night. Halloween night. Halloween night. It happened to be a Sunday night and back in the day, you went to church on Sunday night yeah. and the Holy Spirit was there and our pastor made a call for people who wanted to have more and who wanted to have a closer encounter with the Holy Spirit to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I went up. I was in ninth grade, 14 years old, awkward teenager, greasy <laughs> skin, all that. <laughs> the Lord totally met me there. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I literally was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the Lord gave me the gift of a different language, a wow. heavenly language. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Halloween night, that really changed the trajectory of my life. <laughs> what a great night to do it. Satan wasn't too happy. I'm sure he wasn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I lost one on Halloween. <laughs> I know. Oh. Yeah, that was a a real turning point for me in my life because I knew Jesus, I knew God, but I didn't know the Holy Spirit. And it's a big part of the Holy Trinity. (laughs) He is. He's a person and he is wonderful and he is such a gentleman and he's so loving and gentle and yet very persistent. (laughs) To say that an encounter with the Holy Spirit is a game changer is a bit of an understatement. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, and for me, it was a gateway, right? It was a door that led to further richness and deepness with the triune God. Right. And the other spiritual gifts, there are so many more spiritual gifts that that opened a door to lovingly and appropriately walking through those doors. It's kind of like when you walk into a saloon. (laughs) I think of a saloon. Like The doors are easily swing open. open. It's a gateway to a dance Mm. with the Trinity. Ooh, yeah, Ooh, yes. I love dancing. <laughs> yes. I hear the music. Yeah. All right. But all you have to do is step through those swinging doors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that picture. I often think that heaven's going to be like one of those big dances where it starts off with one person in this train station, one person dancing, and then gradually people from the Are crowd. you talking about like a flash mob? That's what it is. Thank flash you, mob. Dean. Flash mob. Okay. The yeah. heavenly flash mob. Yeah. You're looking at them and you think, oh, they're just a spectator. But then halfway through the song, then they're in there and you're like, ah, I knew it. But I think that's how it's going to be, maybe. Yeah. like, Let's not say how it's going to be. That's how, <laughs> how it, it is. is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I did share this story one time on Let's Go Up. But one time I was worshiping and I was just sitting in my, yep. my God chair. Mm-hmm. And I had a vision. I'm going to say it lasted for maybe five or ten seconds. All of a sudden I was somewhere out in the universe, I don't know where. And I looked around and all the stars, and there were billions of them, they were all joined together with lines and they made stick figures. And then I heard this dance track. It was like (laughs) around me and it was like pulsating and all the stick figures started dancing. Oh, Oh, man, they were everywhere, billions of them. Love it. The whole universe is giving glory to God. It is a massive dance dance party. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'm in. You're in. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely love it. Where did you go from there? So many places, really. I mean, initially, the Lord was wooing me to understand who Father God is. That was so important in my life because by the time I was 16, my family had basically been broken up. My dad left our family, and it was very messy. 
and very much in the (laughs) fishbowl. What I remember very clearly, though, is that the Holy Spirit was showing me that Father God is nothing like my earthly father, that his attributes are faithfulness, Mm -hmm. truthfulness, goodness, just that he seeks after me and he wants me close to him. Had I not learned those things about my father God and that trust relationship, I don't know where I'd be today, honestly. And the fact that I was in a Christian school in a really healthy, awesome Christian community where I had amazing mentors, men and women Mm -hmm. who helped walk with me through a very difficult season, and also who modeled the father heart of God. That was huge, and it really deepened my trust and brought a palpable solidity. Is that a word? <laughs> we love to make words up. Oh, yeah, good. It's a Ooh. word. Solidity. <laughs> solidity. Okay, that's a new one. That we're going to add I that like to Let's words. go up dictionary. <laughs> Let's go up dictionary where we talk about things like being notificated mm-hmm. and yes. other things. Michelle, yes, that catches my attention because I've run into a lot of people who have had a messy father figure in their life. In some cases, it's so bad that even if they think of God being a father, I know one girl that was in the life of my wife and I for a few years. Her father abused her. And every time that you would try to talk to her about Father God and how loving he was, it would literally make her sick. She would run for the bathroom because she was so damaged. What I'm trying to say is that you've had a situation in your life where you were disappointed in a big way, but yet you learned that Father God is the perfect version of a father. And that's what I would like you to give some more language to, because I know that there are people out there that are listening and that will be listening Mm -hmm. that have been in that situation. I've met them. We all have. Mm -hmm. And when that father image is damaged, they have such a hard time going there with Father God. Can you put some more language to that from your perspective? Because it looks like you dug into our Father who art in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. How did you do that, knowing what had happened to you with your earthly father? Well, I definitely dove deep into Scripture okay. and discipleship courses. I think oh, yeah. I did the same one three times mm-hmm. <laughs> because I just was like, I need this to be part of the fiber of my spirit. I need to replace what I've seen in the earthly life with what is true in terms of my Father God. It's like a a rewriting on my heart. And that came in the form of people as well, in terms of godly men Mm -hmm. who affirmed the Father heart of God, faithfulness, the loving, truthful, authentic Father heart of God. Right. So before we go any further, because we've still got a long ways to go and lots of good stories, what I want you to do, pray a prayer over anyone who might be listening. Because when you go through something and you are an overcomer, then you carry that and you're able Mm. to release that on others. I see something on you that you're carrying here and I want you to release it on anybody that's listening that might be going through the same thing. Would love to do that. Okay, and then we'll continue on. Okay. Got so much more to go with your story. (laughs) Oh, Father, you, (laughs) you're the real deal and you are so authentic. You know each one of us so intimately and you just enjoy us so much. You chase after us as a prodigal that is maybe lost their way and you run even to us. I pray for the souls and the 
gut of people who have been damaged by their earthly fathers. In the name of Jesus, we call out to you and we say, stop, turn around and look upon your holy heavenly father who cherishes you, who has ransomed you. He's bought you with a great price. His arms are open. He loves you so much. He wants you to just run into his arms. I pray for the courage to stop and look and run into his arms. It does take courage. I pray for divine courage, divine trust in your holy, loving, heavenly Father, that you would be able to shed off those things that are holding you back just like chains, that they would fall off in the name of Jesus, that we would hear the rattle of those chains hitting the ground, that you would be able to look into his eyes and see the truth of who you are because of who he is. You are his daughter. You are his son. He has never left you or forsaken you. He loves you so much. Lord, I pray that there would be many who would hear those chains drop and have the courage to turn around and run into the arms of their heavenly Father. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Michelle, one thing I love about you is your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. You always seem to have a sense about you wherever you are. You have a sense of the room. You seem to have a pretty big prophetic bubble somehow. And you have a heart of compassion. Your journey after you left school and after you went out into the work world, where did that take you? It took me a lot of different places. You've been all over the world. (laughs) I have. I've been placed by the Lord all over His amazing creation. Out of my relationship with Father God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, I wanted to serve. I wanted to go where He wanted me to go whenever He wanted me to go, Mm -hmm. whether that be a missionary to Africa or whatever. Because of that relationship and that trust, he's been so faithful. He has taken me so many different places and in terms of career, a lot of different organizations. It's been an amazing journey. And sometimes you kind of (laughs) wonder about, what am I doing here right now, Lord? Is this part of your plan? You work for a lot of nonprofit organizations. Yes. It's amazing because I always hear, oh, Michelle is working for this ministry or that ministry, but you've been a lot of places. You've worked for a lot of nonprofits. You love Africa. I know that. Yeah. You've been to Africa. Six, seven. Six, seven times. Yeah. Random fact about Michelle. (laughs) Christmas time at Michelle's house. It's a full (laughs) African experience. You should see her Christmas tree. You, you could sell tickets. Just come experience the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the tour come through Africa. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I do yeah. often have an African Christmas tree. Yeah, the decorations are from... All the decorations are from Africa. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The artisans. You have a love for Africa. You worked for a while for the African Children's Choir, did you not? The African Children's Choir, yep. Okay. For two years. Two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even after I wasn't on tour or working with the choir, I still definitely wanted to maintain relationships, especially with the children of the African Children's Choir. So the Lord has taken me to Africa to visit what I lovingly call my kids. So that includes children in Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi ish. <laughs> I remember a while ago, Michelle being all excited because she was going back to Africa for a wedding Mm -hmm. of one of the kids that was in the kids' choir. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, that's well. right. Yeah. So you really built relationships with them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they are my kids, as I say, and so precious to me. A number of them have had very difficult experiences coming off the street, but especially the Rwandan children, having gone through the genocide. Many of them came from an orphanage in the capital of Rwanda called Kigali. So yeah, amazing, amazing humans. <laughs> right. I haven't been to Africa six times, but I have been there. The culture and the kids in particular... They definitely make an impression on your heart, one that you can't forget for a lifetime. They have a very courageous spirit about them for what they go through and where they come from. But it's amazing how God takes them in his hands and brings beauty out of their lives in such crazy ways. Yeah. And then years later, you hear stories of people that you met. Exactly. Same thing, yeah. So tell us some more. (laughs) Where else have you been? The Lord's had me go to South America, Peru, Guatemala. The Lord divinely connects your life with people. When I was in Peru, we were doing a community development project, but the Lord had me there at the same time. One of my kids was in Peru for a totally different outreach from a church. So you're in Peru, and one of your African kids is in Peru there at the same time. Yeah, I'm in Lima, which is down at sea level. And he's up in Cusco, which is about 9,000 feet up. up. Okay. Mm -hmm. What happened was he got very sick. He has sickle cell anemia and being up so high in terms of elevation and as well flying. Triggered something? Yeah, his spleen literally exploded. Oh, wow. So as a nurse, (laughs) Caritas is going, ooh, yeah, yeah, ouch. He was in so much pain, and somebody who was with him, we have to get him to the hospital right away. And the pastor's like, well, it's 11 o'clock at night. There's not going to be any transportation. And the person went out and looked in the street, and there was a taxi sitting there. And so took him to the hospital. They removed it, but he wasn't getting any better because he was still up at 9,000 feet. So they had to get him down to sea level. Meanwhile, I'm in Lima with my other team doing our development project. And I get a text message from my sister-in-law. And she's like, pray because he is sick and might not live. (laughs) So I'm like, what? Long story short, they got him on a plane get him down to Lima. I happen to have about four hours, five hours of break from my team. And I find out where he is at this clinic and go to it. And he's recovering there. What happened was that the hospital administrator was talking to his insurance company. Basically, the insurance company said, after this much money, we're not going to cover him any further. So Hmm. as I'm there visiting him, the hospital administrator comes in and goes, pack everything up. You're out. No more money, no more No more care. money, no more care. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Ouch. And so literally, they brought in the gurney, and they were taking him. And he was supposed to go home on a flight that day with his team, but they wouldn't take no for an answer. I literally helped put his socks on because he couldn't even bend over. Packed up his bag for him, helped him onto the gurney, prayed for him, and they took him to the airport and dropped him off there. Thankfully, he had his ticket and everything. And he actually made it through security, pretending like he was fine, got on the plane, went home to Canada, and immediately went to emergency. If you weren't there for him to go through all that alone. If you don't think that God knows where you are 
on this earth. And when you tell him, I'll go wherever, whenever mm-hmm. he will do it. The Lord's done lots of things like that for me. I was in Israel and happened to meet up with a friend in the middle of visiting a temple there. It was just like a total divine appointment. My wife was on a small cruise for work a couple of weeks ago, and she ran into an old friend that she hadn't seen for years. What wow. a crazy thing. Oh, yeah, That reminds me, Dean, of one of the amazing attributes of the Lord, God our Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus. They're divine dot connectors. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so many times that's been shown to me over and over again that this intersection of our lives is not just by mistake. It's literally a divine connection. And what you shared earlier about all the stars and then how the Lord connected the dots to make them into figures that Mm. then danced to his amazing beat. (laughs) It's a beautiful picture, actually, Mm. of our lives. And we're just seeing random dots. The Lord connects all those dots. Well, we are all part of each other. We are. Without a doubt. Mm -hmm. We're part of one body, but Mm -hmm. we're all connected. Mm. We're all from the same seed, from the same DNA. So divine connections are not even divine. That's just the way it is. Wow. That was a mic drop. Definitely a mic drop. (laughs) A mic thud. Mic thud, yeah. (laughs) Always feel sorry for the mic. (laughs) Mic. Seems like he likes it down there, though. He's been dropped a lot. He's been dropped a lot. He has been, yeah. (laughs) Getting used to it. He's getting used to it by now. Yeah. Consider it pure joy, Mike, when you face trials of many kinds. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One interesting thing about you, Michelle, that I've known for years, you've told me a few stories. You have a very unique kind of a gift where the Holy Spirit leads you and confirms things in your life by fragrance. Mm. (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) This is why I like sitting beside you. Beside the me. aroma of Dean's <laughs> fragrant. Greatest. Smells. Smelly smells. Know, for some reason, that's weird. <laughs> if I lean in and... No, don't lean in. Have you ever been hugged by someone and you can tell they're smelling? <laughs> that's me if I hug you. You have to realize, Cretus and I never sit beside each other. We're always across from each other. And so every time we do, he's uncomfortable. I know, because I never know what you're going to do right to the side of me like this. <laughs> Listen, we can have an episode on trust. We already did. Another episode on trust. We already did, and it didn't help. (laughs) Would you trust? She would trust me. I don't She she likes smelly smells. That's right. Smelling the smells. This is just another random thing about Michelle. Like She (laughs) has in her house a bunch of diffusers and Mm. a whole bunch of like essential oils and stuff like that. So So this is the lavender room, and here's the orange room, and here's the pine or... Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Michelle. Yes, that's true. (laughs) I think the Lord has had me value fragrance and smell all the yummy scents of life for... A long time. My grandfather lost his sense of smell. And I remember I was probably around, I don't know, 10 years old. And I thought that was the worst thing ever. Mm. I remember like praying, God, please don't ever let me lose my sense of smell. That'd be really sad. And so really, I think God has taken me on sort of a 
<laughs> a fragrance journey. Yeah. <laughs> and it all started with a prophetic word to my life. I ended up being at a sort of a small group for women for the worship team for the church where I was at. And I wasn't even going to be able to go because I was teaching private music lessons. But then the lesson that I was supposed to teach got canceled. So I thought, well, I'm driving right by. I'll just stop. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to, but I felt I should go. And while I was there, I sort of resolved, I'm not going to say anything about what I'm going through at this point in time unless I'm asked directly. Lo and behold, <laughs> the hostess did ask me directly, what's happening with you? And I had been married for just a little over three months. And I'll just say a very difficult time. She prophesied and said, you will experience and be surrounded by the fragrance of God. When that does happen, you'll know that you're in a safe place, a secure place, and that I've got you. Okay, that's interesting. I've never heard <laughs> of anything like dinner. that before. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting, but I didn't know what it meant. And then, <laughs> less than a month later, due to domestic issues, I actually couldn't go home. I ended up staying at the home of some friends. And I'm not a morning person. That's another random thing about me. But I'm in their spare bedroom about six in the morning. I'm awakened and I smell what I know is baking blueberry muffins. I'm like, whoa, somebody's baking some blueberry muffins for me. All right. Um, I like blueberry muffins. I, who could it be? At 6 a.m. What? So actually the daughter. Did you get up and run to the kitchen? <laughs> I did. I actually did. I thought maybe it was my friend's daughter baking because sometimes she did that. So I went in there thinking it would be her. <laughs> Darkness, nobody's up yet. And I couldn't smell the blueberry muffins baking anymore. And I was like, what in the world? So I went back to my spare bedroom. <laughs> As I opened the door, it was like, boom. It was a hit with this amazing scent again. And I was just like, what in the world? <laughs> like, <laughs> Then I remembered and I was like, oh, I am in a safe and secure place. And you are telling me <laughs> that you've got me and it's going to be okay. Wow. And that was huge for me. So that was the first time. And I thought, okay, that's going to be it. Wow. <laughs> I know. And years went by. The second time this happened was a friend and I were house sitting at my brother's place. They were gone on vacation and we were up really late. We're both night owls. And so it was 2 a.m. We're talking about things of the Lord. Actually, we met through the African Children's Choir. And all of a sudden, it smells like fresh bread being baked. They have an open concept kitchen living room and it just kept getting stronger and stronger. And I said to her, I'm like, you're smelling this, right? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, like who's baking the bread at 2 a.m.? And I'm like, okay, there's people that live downstairs in the basement suite. So I went outside to see if it was them. <laughs> and it's everything's black. And I'm thinking maybe it's the next door neighbor and it's quite a distance. And it wasn't them. So me of little faith. <laughs> so I walk back in and there she is just sitting there going, <laughs> Soaking it up. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was like the best smell of freshly baked bread. And it was so intense. I'm like, what are we supposed to do? And she's like, just breathe it in, sister. <laughs> and so we did. She's like, just inhale it. Get as much on your insides as you can. Mm. And it was just so beautiful. What an amazing experience. And it lingered there for about an hour and then finally dissipated slowly. And we're like, well, 
it's time for bed. <laughs> so we had a very wonderful sleep. That's wow. Sure. Yeah. That's incredible. I know. And we were just like, wow. I love oh. how too, you just go and explore just to make sure. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm such a critic. God's oh. like, I'll give her an extra half hour because she wasted. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. I love how it's baking. I know, Mm -hmm. baking. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there's a third time even, Mm. quite recently actually, September 5th, and this is at our home. Notice that I'm at other people's homes Mm. when this has happened, not my own home. Right. And I actually remember having the thought, I wonder if I'll ever have that fragrance in my own home. Mm. And lo and behold, yes, indeed. I was actually listening to a podcast of Let's Go Up. No, sorry, (laughs) Tim. I'm so sorry, Dino. <laughs> yeah, do we have that sound? But it came up in my scroll, and I had never listened to a guy named Tim Sheets before. Right. And I'm like, okay. And as I'm listening, I start smelling. I was like, oh, cinnamon rolls. No, no, no. It was just like a sweet bread, mm. like a sweet roll smell. Have you ever heard of, I think it's called Posca. It's a Mennonite thing they do. Yeah, near Easter. Yeah, that's what it was. Mm. I've never made it myself. I just know other people who have made it for me. Yeah, me too. I know the people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You make the right friends who make the right... (laughs) Exactly. Connection. This divine connections. That's what it is. 100%. Yep. Yep. So it was beautiful. And I just thought, wow, thank you, Lord, Mm. that in our home that we have the fragrance. There were a lot of other essential oils and stuff. Stuff that might have been in the air, but this was the forefront of my <laughs> olfactory senses. Could you please explain to us, Caritas, how that works uh, physiologically? I love how he picked the Easter delight for your house. Uh, yeah. Like, you just wait. Mm-hmm. Why hasn't it happened in my house? <laughs> what should we make her? Yeah, yeah that is so perfect. Yeah. So for those who are listening, Michelle's had a couple of very difficult sort of domestic situations in her life. So I'm assuming that those first two encounters that you shared with us were kind of during those times. Correct. Yeah. But now, how long have you been married to BJ now, Michelle? Just over two years. Two years. Mm. Michelle found the love of her life. That's right. And Michelle and BJ have been married for a couple of years. In fact, I married you. Yes, you did. And And not only that... You guys introduced us. Yes, we did. Oh, wow. It's all your yeah. fault. Thank <laughs> you. All our fault. <laughs> you and Adeline, yep. I see mm-hmm. such a redemption in your story mm-hmm. because you and BJ are so amazing together. BJ treats you so well. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. He's such an amazing person. Mm-hmm. I've known BJ longer than I've known you. Yeah. But you're in this beautiful place in your life now. And for the Father to now bring the Easter smell, we're talking this is redemption. Yeah. This is buying back all the years yes, that yes. have been lost. And Amen. as we say here on Let's Go Up, it's being returned to you on steroids. <laughs> His goodness. Yeah. His goodness is over you and on yeah. you in every way. Yeah, that's so true. And a few years ago, the Lord gave me a song called I'm Surrounded. I think the words that I we're alone, alone. Sometimes I feel so all alone. And yet I am surrounded. 
that reminds me of the fragrance thing, that I was just surrounded by this fragrance. The Lord is in everything. He can surround us, and sometimes we can see it. Sometimes we can feel it, and sometimes we get to smell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful thing you mentioned about it's the smell as baking. It's food smells, food that has been prepared for special occasions, mm-hmm. and the, the part about redemption. Like, I knew— the third time in our home, a sweet roll, the Pascha, and then that whole thing of rising from the dead and that redemption mm-hmm. is just, wow. Yeah, I'm in awe of him, really. So with all the different seasons of life that you've been through, can you give us a quick version of what the goodness of God looks like, even in tough times? And I know now his goodness is all over you, but it's always been all over you. Mm-hmm. His goodness never leaves us. Goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. Yeah. What am I asking? (laughs) I'm asking for you to testify to the goodness of God Mm. just in a lifetime of diverse experiences and seasons that you've been in. How do you see his goodness following you? When you said that, immediately a song came to me, his goodness is running after, it's running after me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just as we were talking before and even Um, As I was praying, he is the father of the prodigal, and he will humble himself, lift up his robe to run after us. As you've mentioned, I've been in some very deep, dark places, Mm -hmm. and that has to do with various kinds of loss of my mom, um, our family, and due to divorce, and and even my own valleys that I've gone through Mm -hmm. in terms of feeling unsafe and and divorce, and yet... (laughs) Even in the deepest, darkest places, I was still surrounded. Sometimes when you feel like you're in that valley and in that dark place, you're actually hidden under the shadow of his wing. You can't see it, but he shelters us. He surrounds us. He carries you and he walks with you. My testimony is that he has always known what to do. Mm-hmm. Even when I don't know what to do, he knows <laughs> his plan is the best. Even a messy plan <laughs> is still the best. And so I praise the Lord. I thank him, glorify his name, that he has been so good to me. <laughs> He's run after me and showed me a way out when there seemed like there was no way. His faithfulness, his generosity, his kindness, his forgiveness, even when I've been angry with God, he still loved me and he's still taken me and continued in his gentle, yet persistent, (laughs) Mm -hmm. wonderful way that he has. Yeah, he never gives up. He's leading us even when we don't realize he's leading us. Even when it looks like a Canadian mama showing up at the hospital to put socks on you. Like when you're (laughs) telling us about doing that for that young man, like that is so Jesus to show up and put the socks on the one who can't bend down. When you're in that moment, all you really want is your mom there. <laughs> and who, who does Jesus send? There you are. And you just put his socks on. Like Those moments are so connecting wow, yeah. and so powerful. You said we're one. We're so united and we're so together in this. And he's so in this. And he's been there for you. And then he's been there for him through you. It's yeah. such a beautiful, incredible story. There's so much that you didn't even see. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Orphans and widows. The fatherless, the fatherless. husbandless. Yep. Giving a child a cup of cold water in my name. Mm-hmm. Or you might even be entertaining angels unaware. You never know. Mm-hmm. Only in eternity will we know how all of these dots 
connect. <laughs> You'll be so distracted in that epic star dance party that it'll be kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the reasons why I wanted to have you come on Let's Go Up is because there's just something really amazing on your life. Mm-hmm. Like all the years that I've known you, you carry a very amazing connection to the Father heart of God, and I see this amazing connection to His goodness. Yes. If I were going to define you from what I know of you, I would say those two things. If if you could fit her in a nutshell. If I could fit her in a top, box. The top would be. We all like putting people in boxes, don't we? <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll never put you in a box. Mm-hmm. But I'm just bringing that up because we've had you pray over people who have had father image damage. And now, just to end this podcast, I want to have you pray over people who might be in situations, but they can't see the goodness of God. And I would like you to just pray another prayer just as we finish here, that they would realize the goodness of God and turn their face always to the light and pray redemption over their story. Awesome. And then we're going to be done. This has been such a great conversation. So Thanks mm-hmm. so much for coming. You have such a heavy anointing on you. It's just here in the studio, even as we've mm-hmm. been talking. I've been waiting for a smell. Yeah? <laughs> I'm like, it's going to happen. It's I- coming. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God is so good because He knows what will bless each one of us. Yeah, He knows what the makes most. He knows what makes sense to us. Exactly. Yeah. What makes sense to us? Sense. <laughs> sense. No sense. pun intended. <laughs> oh, I get it. He knows how to speak our prophetic language. He does. He knows how to speak our love language. Mm. So baking, number one for me. <laughs> Lots of carbs. <laughs> oh dear. Mm. Father God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, we just lean into you. And in fact, I just feel like we are falling headlong into your arms. And Lord, I pray for a palpable presence. Lord, for those who are in a dark place, pray for a gift of faith and your grace that they would be infused with courage to lift up their eyes to see they're being sheltered, that they may be able to see and to understand that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that their life is truly in your hand, and you have the biggest, most gentle hands, and you are forming and molding just like a potter's hands, so skilled to strengthen them, to form their character. Lord, that they would be able to see clearly the truth of who you are and that they would place their trust in you, Lord, alone. We cast away fear in the name of Jesus. Yeah, instead of fear, there's love and trust and that they would know in their innermost being that they are loved, that they're valued, and that they have a purpose, and that the Lord has gone before them and come behind them, and that they can lift up their eyes to you and look you fully in the face because you're such a good, good God, and that you are willing and so able to give beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, that we might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, so that you, Lord, would be glorified. That's what we want to do, Lord. We want to glorify you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Michelle. Such a pleasure. So much fun. (laughs) Can more fun than this be had in 45 minutes? I don't think so. (laughs) It'd be pretty tough. Pretty tough. (laughs) All right. So thanks for joining us today. We hope that you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. And if you want more information on Let's Go Up, you can always check out our website at letsgoup.us. If you want to be notified, hit the little bell. Is that what you wanted me to say? (laughs) Good job, Cretus. I'm still still caught up in the prayer. (laughs) Still caught up in the presence. Oh, right. Am I supposed to say something? Thank you so much for joining us today. And we hope you guys have a wonderful, blessed, Holy Spirit-filled week. Very aware of his presence and his goodness and his love over you. And no matter what is happening around you, he is consistent and he is there. All right. Have an awesome week, everyone. We'll see you in a week's time. Bye. Bye.